Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we give you amazing sex advice, fabulous techniques to try, and warm, cozy conversations to soothe your sexual soul. I love that. <laughs> Oh, you can find our complete podcast archive over at PleasureMechanics.com, where you can also sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials. This is a very important step for two reasons. One, if we ever need to get in contact with you, it is very useful to have your email. And by signing up for this free online course, you can give us your email address and therefore we can be in touch with you if anything were to happen in the sexual censorship era that is occurring right now. We're not going to dwell on this point too long, but as we spoke about a few episodes ago, sexual censorship is in full swing here in the United States, and so we just want to make sure that we have your email address and can be in touch with you should anything happen. At this point, we are safe, we are online, we are continuing to do our work, but you never know. (sighs) I hate to presence it at the beginning of the podcast, but I think it's an important step. Mm -hmm. But also, when you sign up for the free online course, you get a free online course from the Pleasure Mechanics. And it's amazing. It's a very comprehensive course. It's kind of our foundation of eroticism and sexuality. So rethinking some of the myths around sexuality, giving you some strategies and tools to put into place right away so you can start building a sex life on your own terms with our guidance. And then when you are ready to master new sexual skills, check out our online courses. We offer courses on everything from couples massage to foreplay to kinky sex to erotic spanking. Our newest course is mindful sex. And so there's really something for everyone, no matter where you are in your erotic journey. Join us at PleasureMechanics.com and start exploring the amazing resources we have been building for you for the past 10 years. I know. Today's episode is a follow-up from last week's conversation with sex therapist Vanessa Marin. We talked about performance anxiety and talked about her online course about performance anxiety, which I highly recommend. I'll put a link in the show notes page to this episode as well. But I realized that after our conversation, there was so much more I wanted to say about performance anxiety, and it's something I think a lot about and really want to help men free themselves from. Mm. I want to end the idea of performance anxiety as a whole. Like, we need to overcome this as a culture, and that starts with individual steps. Before we get started with talking about performance anxiety, I wanted to acknowledge we got a lot of email after our history of masturbation episode. A lot of it was very positive and talked about how learning the 3000 years of sex culture history about masturbation really freed people from their own internal shame and guilt about it. And that was the intention. A few people were upset about us coming down hard on Christianity or um, felt like their religion was being attacked. And we want to say again, we support people of all faiths. We really try to make this podcast inclusive, but it is impossible to talk about sexual history and sex culture without talking about the role 
of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, they all have an influence here, but no religion has affected sexual culture more in the West in the past few thousand years than Christianity. So I want to respect people's faiths, but I also don't want to um, whitewash or glaze over the tremendous impact that Christianity has had on our lived experience of sexuality. Yes, you can have a strong and powerful experience of your own faith while also knowing that the history is bloody and brutal brutal and that is just a fact it doesn't infl- it doesn't it which doesn't... has very little to do with jesus christ himself yes right? he was very awesome this clearly. is how the church has been used by the state as a form of power and yeah. control um so it has much more to do with capitalism and colonialism and imperialism than it actually has to do with religion it's just religion was an arena this played out in it was a tool used and it also has been a tool used for liberation and justice movements and for a lot of personal freedom. So we want to honor all of that. Thank you for your emails. I really appreciate when you send me emails that push back on episodes and let us know how we can do better or areas that we need to be more clear about. This is a conversation. This is a dialogue throughout time and space. And your emails help us serve you better. So thank you to all who wrote in. Okay, so let's tackle performance anxiety. So my conversation with Vanessa Marin was very much about the individual level of ending performance anxiety. She calls it performance pressure, and she offers a very comprehensive course. It's beautifully done about the steps you can take in your own body, in your own mind, in your own relationship to get over performance anxiety. It's important to notice that she calls performance anxiety a near universal human experience. And so for me, anything that affects so many people in the sexual realm, we have to trace back to sex culture. And from my 10 plus years of conversations with men, this is one of the major struggles of male sexuality and female sexuality. And it shows up in different ways. Both partners can play a part. And so for this conversation, we're going to be talking about heterosexual couples and how this plays out in the heterosexual bedroom. But I think these concepts are actually universally applicable and useful to start untangling. So let's start with what is sexual performance anxiety? Sexual performance anxiety is when during or when approaching a sexual situation, anxiety peaks and interrupts the sexual experience. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is when fear and worry hijack the brain and you get stuck in an aroused loop of concern, of worry, of fear. So if you're anxious about getting on the plane, thinking about getting on the plane, booking your plane tickets, driving to the airport, stepping onto that plane, you are locked in a state of fear and worry about that plane crashing to the ground. You cannot get over your mental images of plane crashes and planes exploding in fire. And that creates an interrupted experience of flying. Right? So we can think about that. Anxiety about heights. Your worry is that you're going to plummet to the ground and go splat. 
So when we think about sexual performance anxiety, we need to break this down so we know what the anxiety means. It's that being stuck in the place of worry and fear. What is the worry? What is the fear? Because most people experience sexual performance anxiety around their arousal and their erections. And this is the performance piece. And so our culture has defined specifically male sexuality as the ability to get hard and have intercourse, to perform in that way. That is the specific outcome that people are seeking. And any compromise of that outcome is feared and can cause so much anxiety. Why? Like, why is a soft penis a punishable offense in our sex culture? And the story is something like this. To be a real man, I must be able to get and stay hard on demand. If I fail to do so, if my penis goes soft, if I'm not able to ejaculate, I myself am a failure and therefore am not a real man and am therefore not lovable or worthy or acceptable, right? Meanwhile, the partner is thinking something along the lines of, to be a real woman, I must be desirable. If my partner finds me desirable, he will be erect. If he is not erect, I fail at being desirable, and therefore I am not a real woman. Right? And so this construct of desire equals arousal, arousal equals erection, and erection equals intercourse, which equals the fulfillment of the sexual performance. That, when we break it down, it might sound simplistic, but really that is the formula that most people are gauging their sex lives by. When people talk about how often they have sex, usually they're talking about intercourse. When people are talking about the ability to perform in bed, they're talking about having an erection and being able to have intercourse for just the right amount of time, hopefully leading up to some simultaneous orgasm, and then an ejaculation, and then it's over. This is the formula we are judging ourselves by, consciously or not. And as queer people, we are kind of liberated from this narrative, and yet we're not liberated from performance anxiety or anxiety about sex. So... Where do we go with this? Because we can think about all of the individual techniques of working through anxiety and refocusing your brain and training your body to withstand more and more arousal. And those are all really valuable steps. But the bigger project here has to be a reevaluation of our cultural narrative about sex and how we think about what sexual success looks like and why we're having sex in the first place. Having sexual success be such a specific hurdle that you have to leap over in order to be considered enough and worthy of the act is so paralyzing. To have this experience of the penis being erect, meaning that you are worthy and valuable and will not be rejected, it puts a lot of pressure on the situation. And the, tr the thing here, the sick joke is twofold. The sick joke is one, that anxiety and stress shut down arousal and erection. So we have this pressure on the erection and then the pressure itself 
hijacks the erection. And then meanwhile, this emphasis on vaginal intercourse in order to prove yourself a man, and we know that vaginal intercourse is not the sex act that most women find pleasurable or orgasmic. And when I say they don't find it pleasurable, intercourse can be highly, wildly pleasurable and orgasmic for all people involved. But it is not the act isolated that can bring most women to orgasm or high states of arousal. Oral sex, using your fingers, full body massage, all of these other things are options that we tend to ignore when focusing so much on this success barometer of intercourse. So in looking for a solution for performance anxiety, beyond the individual practices of learning how to control your own arousal and stay hard longer, and all the physiological training skills of being a sexual being in a body with a penis, all of that is great and legitimate, and we offer lots of this training here at Pleasure Mechanics. But it also requires both partners to agree to a new paradigm of sexuality. And that new paradigm is about pleasure. It's about thinking of sex as an opportunity for pleasure, for connection, for touch, for fun, for expressing your emotions, for getting out stress, the real reasons that we have sex. And if you're approaching it as an opportunity for mutual pleasure, and no one act is going to be the barometer of your success and you agree on that in your relationship, like as a baseline, this is how we make love. It's not about intercourse. It is about enjoying one another's bodies as is. Then performance anxiety can start dissolving because then whether or not you are erect has no bearing on the success of the sexual encounter. It just stops mattering. If you get erect, great, you can play with that erection. If you're soft, you can play with that soft penis. You don't have to ignore a soft penis. You can still touch it and pleasure it and involve it. You have your hands, you have your mouth, you have your whole bodies, you have your brains and your words. You have all of these tools available to you to play with one another and pleasure one another. And to be in this dance, like I remember when I, back before Charlotte, when I had sex with men, a lot of that was queer sex in a queer context, and it was a very um, fluid fluid experience of two bodies being together. Sometimes I was the penetrator and I was using my fingers or a strap-on to fuck the guys, and whether or not they had an erection, we were still playing and having fun together. Sometimes they were using dildos on me or sex toys on me to give me ripper and orgasms. And they got to be in the pleasure of witnessing my orgasm. Um, oral sex, using hands, all of these tools become just part of the playground. And so instead of showing up at the playground, you're like, oh, our one swing is broken. We have to leave the playground and hold our heads down in shame. You go to a playground, you have 50 million options to have fun together. Right. And I know that this leap is a big one because of the sex culture we're emerging out of. Because not to get back to the church, but because for thousands of years, sex has been defined as reproductive intercourse. And that was the only sex act that mattered, or that was even permissible. We are emerging out of that culture into a new sex culture and dissolving this pressure on the erection is a crucial step.
It is such an unfair pressure on a man and a, a couple. It is such an impossibly high bar that has such deep emotional consequences if you're holding the paradigm as my erection is, is my manhood and when it is not there then I am nothing and I'm a failure and I experience shame. I mean that's just so much pressure and anything we can do to undo those layers is going to just serve you so deeply and give you so much more freedom and calm. So we're just inviting you to just dump a whole load of compassion. <laughs> dump your load. <laughs> All right, I'll take that back. I just want you to be so compassionate with yourselves. Like it is an entire cultural script that we're um, inviting you to undo. And that is a big thing. I'm just going you just said, set a high bar, dump a load. You are in the like erection ejaculation metaphor <laughs> land. So I want to talk about calm because okay. that's actually a very important thing here. But first I want to just be very clear. Erection is blood flow. Mm. Erection is blood flow to the genitals that causes engorgement of erectile tissue. Men and women's bodies have about the same amount of erectile tissue. It's just less visible in a vulva as it is in a penis. It's all inside the body, right? Blood flow has to go faster into the penis than it comes out. Stress narrows your blood vessels and restricts blood flow to the penis. So as soon as you are in a stress mode, you are going to be restricting blood flow to your genitals. And this is stress about the anxiety of performance, but it can also just be stress from your daily life, stress financially, stress over your sick mother, any stress. And a lot of us are really stressed out. So performance anxiety is on the rise, partly because overall life stress is on the rise and we are not getting very good at dealing with stress and leaving stress behind when we enter this erotic zone of playing together. This, by the way, is one of the reasons we talk about massage as the ultimate foreplay, because when you start your lovemaking with full body relaxation and getting into a deep state of relaxation and then build arousal on top of it, it becomes much easier to maintain that arousal. And good butt massage floods the pelvis with blood. Hello. Okay. <laughs> so... That's just important to know that arousal and erection are not the same thing. Men can be highly aroused and not be erect. Men can be erect without being aroused at all. Pull those two apart and there's so much freedom to be found. Okay. And also desirability of your partner has nothing to do with your arousal. You can love your partner, find her the most beautiful thing in the world and still not be aroused or erect. Right? These are major restructurings of how we think about sexuality. But now I want to enter a new concept here that I think will help people. And this again came up in my conversation with Vanessa Moran. I asked her, really, what is anxiety? And she brought up one of my favorite sayings um, from the somatic sex education world. Anxiety is excitement without breath. And this led us into a conversation about the importance of breath work, and we both are big fans and think it's a very underutilized skill. The breath work, by the way, I teach in the Mindful Sex course. You should check it out. It is a game changer. But what does this mean, anxiety is excitement without breath? So anxiety and excitement are very close to one another in physiological experiences. They are both arousal responses 
of your nervous system. And the traditional advice for anxiety is to try to calm yourself down. But to do that, to get from anxiety to calm, requires a complete restructuring of your nervous system. And we also know that sex is exciting. The opportunity to have sex, and this word opportunity comes to be important in this process, the opportunity to have sex is exciting. So the difference between anxiety and excitement is anxiety is arousal while you're focusing on possible negative outcomes. The plane is going to crash from the sky. We're going to all die in a ball of fire. Excitement is arousal while focusing on the positive potential outcomes. I get to go on this trip. I'm going to be sitting on the beach. I get to eat a little bag of peanuts. I get six hours by myself. I get to watch silly movies. Right? So they're both aroused responses. They're both arousals of the nervous system. But one is focused on the negative and one is focused on the positive. And so while I was looking for research about this, I came across a Harvard Business School study. And they were studying something they called anxiety reappraisal. And this, of course, as a business school, is focused on more things like public speaking and job performance. So their intervention that they found great success with is when you notice you're getting anxious, you say out loud, I am excited. I am excited. That's all. And they found great success with this. It's such a simple little thing. But what it does is you're telling your brain out loud, I recognize this excitement in my body. And that's what it is. It is excitement. It is readiness for something good to happen. And in the sexual realm, this can be really useful to notice your excitement. You're getting the chance to have sex. This is an opportunity versus a threat. Right. And this is how they study anxiety and the difference between a threat context and an opportunity context. So how can we start thinking about sex as an opportunity for positive outcomes? It's Friday night. The kids are having sleepovers. We have a whole night to ourselves. We have an opportunity here for what? What is the opportunity for? Are you actually saying to yourself, my opportunity is to get erect, put my penis in my wife's vagina and ejaculate? Is that your goal? Like, is that what sex means to you? Or is the opportunity to relax together, connect, remind each other why you love each other, lavish one another with pleasure, get to roll around naked, get some really yummy touch, pleasure one another, witness your wife having beautiful orgasms, lie around naked and sweaty afterwards. <laughs> Just is, have fun. What and, is the opportunity, yeah. right? And if we start being more honest about why we want to have sex, the opportunity is for fun, for pleasure, for connection. That reframes the excitement. And then you can go into the sexual experience and whether or not you get erect doesn't matter. And of course it matters because erections are fun. They're fun to play with. They're fun to have. They're fun to watch ejaculate all over people's faces. Like, <laughs> sorry, Charlotte. I love me a facial. But, uh, you know, it's like erections are fun. I don't want to dismiss the importance of erections or dismiss the importance of intercourse, right? These are fun 
rides on the playground, but they're not why we have sex, especially in long-term relationships. We are not in the sexual experience to get our dicks wet, right? We are in the sexual experience as an expression of love, of pleasure. I've said it, right? Okay, so to recap, there's the context of the sex culture and how to change that within your relationship and say that the barometer of success is not dependent on an erection. That step in and of itself clears a huge amount of pressure on the penis. Then there's the re-evaluating of anxiety and reframing it as excitement. And the excitement without breath piece, the breath means you're in the present moment, right? So arousal with presence means I'm excited, I'm noticing this opportunity, I have all this energy running through my body, but I'm in the here and now, ready to respond to my partner in the present moment. And that's one of the things breath does. Breath does a lot of things for the sexual experience, but one of the things it does is bring you back to the present moment. So that's this idea. When you're in anxiety, you are in possible future outcomes that haven't even happened yet, and you're out of the present moment. So then this piece of noticing your anxiety and then being really honest about what you're afraid of. Are you afraid you're going to disappoint your partner? Are you afraid that you're not going to be enough? Are you afraid your penis is going to humiliate you? Are you afraid of losing connection, of losing status, of being made fun of? What are the outcomes that have, even if you had a soft penis for the entire sexual experience, what is the outcome you're afraid of? This is what Emily Nagoski talks about as meta emotions. So there's the emotion about the experience, and then there's the emotion above that, how you feel about your feelings. So are you worried? Are you humiliated? Are you emasculated? Are you ashamed? Going to that other level above the actual experience of, wow, my penis is soft today. So what does that mean to you? And starting to break that down and trace some of these things into things that happened in your childhood or with past lovers, you can start getting really clear about what forces are creating your anxiety rather than your excitement. So what are those voices talking to you? What do they have to say? And this is ultimately, it's about this transition from doing sex, from sex as a performance, sex is something you succeed at to being a sexual being, to experiencing sexuality as this fluid, free-flowing force of creativity and pleasure and positivity in your life that has no one specific outcome attached to it. A radical shift that we all need to make. And part of how you begin working with these emotions, because this isn't like a flip you switch and you're all of a sudden like, I am a fluid sexual being. I have no more anxiety. This is a process. And it's a process you have to work with both in your daily life and how you think about sex, how you talk about sex with your partner, but also how you respond in the moment when these things come up. So when you notice sexual anxiety peaking, there are some steps here. You can start breathing would be a great first step and just notice what you're feeling in your body and is what you're feeling actually excitement and eagerness and joy that you get to have this experience. And then what are your thoughts? What are you saying to yourself? What are you worried about? What are you afraid of? 
And sometimes saying those things out loud can help. So here are some things you can say when you're feeling anxious during sex. Things like, I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint you. This doesn't seem to be getting anywhere. Can we change this up? How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling a little worried and anxious. I'm afraid this isn't going to work. So saying these things out loud invites your partner to respond from a place of compassion once they recognize that it's not about them. Because you're not saying, I'm noticing the cellulite on your thighs and it's giving me a soft penis. Because that's what's going on in her head. You are owning your experience saying, this is about me. I am feeling anxious. How can we as a couple, as a partnership, work through this? And it's about like owning your own role in it so your partner isn't worried about the why. Because as soon as you're distracted in anxiety, people feel that withdrawal of presence. They know that you're anxious. They know that you're not totally present. And the most human response is to make that about yourself. Like, I'm not pretty enough, therefore he's not erect. He doesn't think I'm desirable anymore. Our sex has gotten boring. Like all of these personal narratives about the failure of sex start kicking in. And you need to interrupt those silent narratives with speaking out loud. Um, Because once you let yourself feel what you're feeling and then share that with your partner, you are letting your you're letting both of you be present to what's happening. And then you can shift and do what feels authentic and feels good. Because if you're not acknowledging that you're starting to go into a bit of a shame spiral or feeling uncomfortable, your partner's just going to feel that you're you're withdrawing and it starts just feeling off, but no one knows what's happening. So as soon as you acknowledge verbally what you're feeling and what's going on, then you're getting both of you into the present and then you can make choices together. Right, and your partner can say, don't worry about it, baby. Just come hold me. Or I really love how you're touching my clitoris. Keep doing that. Don't worry about going inside yet. Or let me take over for a minute. You lie down and relax. I've got this. Right? It, in, it opens the opportunity to create a hinge moment in your sexuality. And this is a phrase I talk about sometimes. A hinge moment is when you shift things up. And you can see where it's going and you want to go somewhere else. And so you create a hinge. You have to shift And what we see depicted in culture, and it makes me pull my hair out, and I have a shaved head, so I don't even have any hair to pull. (laughs) I get so upset when I see performance anxiety depicted, and then the sex act is over. One partner kind of rolls over and pouts a little bit, and usually the guy, like, goes out of the room and gets out of bed and leaves. And that is, like, this moment causes the end of this sexual encounter. It's a failure. It's over. We need to prevent that by staying connected, staying close, creating a hinge moment and doing something else. Even if that's like flipping your partner over and kissing them up and down the back, like go to full body touch. When in doubt, touch the full body, go back to massage, go back to kissing, go back to rubbing your naked bodies together. Like just change it up and go back to the reasons you're having sex in the first place enjoying one another, playing, having fun, connecting, return to the genitals later. They will still be there. You can return to them. 
And this is sex toys are really useful for this sometimes if you have trusty toys that you know bring you pleasure and they're always there available for you. You can always pull one out and play with it and that creates a hinge moment. You're like, my penis isn't working, but what about this vibrator? Or, hey baby, let me flip you over, put on a strap on and we've changed the dynamic completely. This is the role of the expanded sexual repertoire that we're trying to offer you with things like our foreplay course, erotic spanking, kinky sex, building out this galaxy of options for yourself takes the pressure off of any one thing working perfectly in any one moment. And this means you get to have more awesome, fun sex more often, because it's not going to end if the hydraulics are not working that day. Yeah. So when I talk about ending performance anxiety, it's ending the culture that says that this is even a thing. And that this is like the default experience men should have with their lovemaking. What freedom comes after that? What is the vision of male sexuality that can rise in the place of this penis anxiety? I think it's a beautiful question and one that is very much worth exploring because the model we have now is not working for anyone. It's not working for men and it's not working for their partners. And gay men, by the way, experience this twofold, right? But they have a different culture around it too. So I hope this has resonated. Vanessa Marin's course on performance anxiety is a great one. It is just a complete toolkit of talking about the mental attitudes. She's a sex therapist. So a lot of her approach comes from the attitudes and mental adjustments that need to take place to overcome anxiety. And paired with our techniques, our foreplay techniques, our kinky sex techniques, this combination can just give you a ton of freedom. And so this is why we offer these online courses and we want to give you the tools to change the way you experience sex. So come on over to Pleasure Mechanics. First step, sign up for the erotic essentials, then start exploring from there. We will have a link to Vanessa's course in the show notes page of this episode. And if there's anything from this podcast that you want to be in touch with us about, you can do so at pleasuremechanics.com. But the best way to be in touch with us and to get a response, because I get hundreds of emails a day and I cannot respond to them all. So if you want to be in touch with us, please join our Patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics sign up for a dollar a month five dollars a month at 25 dollars a month you'll be getting monthly pleasure packages that we are shipping out to you and be part of the community that supports this podcast and can keep us going and on the patreon you can have conversations with us we can respond to you much more quickly and you can help us shape the future of this podcast by voting on your favorite episode topics this topic about ending performance anxiety was one of our top voted topics last month which is why we greenlit it to the top of the pack the next one that has been voted up is power play with your spouse like how do you engage in erotic power exchange domination and submission with your long-term wife like what does that look like so we will be bringing that to you soon be part of our community at patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics and thank you so much to all of our current patrons we so appreciate your support 
and it helps us continue to do this. We just crossed 100 patrons. Thank you, thank you. Amazing. Let's go for 200 next, <laughs> and then 1,000. Mm -hmm. um, that would be the goal, is to sustain this podcast through the Patreon so we know we have a reliable income and continue to make this free resource to share with the world. All right, so next week we are back with you with a full episode of Speaking of Sex. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.